Jesus got in trouble because he claimed, he claimed to be the Son of God. And uh, they, they, they said it was blasphemy. He said, no, no. He said, we're sons of God. You know, we, matter of fact, in Ephesians 1 to verse 4, it says that he chose us in him from before the foundation of the world. So they said, we're, of our, we're the seed of Abraham. He said, well, if you are, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. But then he said in John 8, 44, he said flat out, he said, you're of your father, the devil. You believe a lie, you live a lie, and, and really, you, here's the deal. You're either in Christ or you're not. There's no third option. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. And it's not about morality. Morality and spirituality aren't the same thing at all. You, you know, you can have a spiritual person that's, that's messed up a little bit morally. Like I've got a friend. Oh, I've got friends. <laughs> no, no, I know people that, that aren't living right in their head, but I know their heart. And, and that's what God looks on the heart, see? So it's not about, not so much about action, it's about what's going on on the inside of you. And if good stuff is going on in the inside of you, eventually it'll show up on the outside. So anyway, he was trying to teach them that, that their father is God, and they never heard such a thing before. They argued with him, no, we're the seed of Abraham, or, or Moses is this, and Moses is that, and he's saying, no, no. He said, the manifestation of your father is right here in front of you. So with that in mind, I want to read um, uh, out of the Passion Translation. Matthew 6 and verse 9. Ushers, could you silence this woman? Oh, yeah, love your wife and give your life. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, in Matthew 6, 9 in the Passion Translation, he says, pray like this. Our beloved Father, and again, it's a pattern for prayer. It's not the prayer. It's a pattern for prayer to get your focus to, when he said, our, when, when they asked him, teach us how to pray, and he said, our, our Father, it blew their fuses. They, they knew him as the God that's going to put the hammer down and send you to hell. They, if you break one of those 613 laws, you're done. And so they lived under that constant pressure. Can you imagine trying to keep all those laws? You'd be so sin conscious that you wouldn't even have a chance to, to be God conscious. And, and you know, um, here's the sad thing. 95% of the church is still there. We can't witness to anybody else because we're still trying trying to figure our own selves out and trying to, uh, trying to live so hard for him. He, he's your father. He wants a relationship with you. Let's read this, uh, this Matthew 6. Pray like this. Our beloved father. Okay, stop right there. Our beloved father. Our beloved father. I've got about $200 in my wallet right now. Praise the Lord, I'm bragging. No, but, but if I wanted to give you $500, I couldn't do it. I could give you $200, but I couldn't give you $500 because I don't have it. And until you embrace the love of God, you can't give away what you don't have. And so the reason why people don't, it's kind of like if you go over to Numbers, <laughs> here we go. 
<laughs> we are going to read this. But if you went over to Numbers chapter 13, you read about them sending in spies to spy out the land, right? Well, that thing was doomed to fail in the first place because you don't have to go check out whether God's going to keep his promise or not. Matter of fact, if you'll read, <laughs> if you'll read over in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses talked about that same incident. I think it begins around verse 22. And they came to him. They came to Moses and said, let us go in and spy out the land. And he agreed with them. But they were the ones that initiated this. God's not going to say, I want you to go check me out to see if I told you the truth or not. You don't have to check out God to see if he told you the truth. So then they go in there. I don't know. I always pitch them with binoculars, spying out the land. But the truth is they walked right they were spies, but they walked right in amongst them. They were carrying food, carrying clusters of grapes and walking amongst them, and not one person harmed them while, while they were there. It's kind of like the world you're living in right now. But yet they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Nobody tried to squish them. Nobody tried to flatten them. They came out and they said, you know what? It's exactly what God told us it was, but we saw giants there. Well, there's problems here. There's, pepper, there's gasoline prices, and there's mortgage issues, and there's all these things here. But you know what? If you'll read about the plagues in Egypt, the first three came on everybody. The last seven, the Bible says, the lights were on in Goshen. You got a light. The entrance of his word brings light. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. Ephesians 1.3 still works for you. I blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. And it's not waiting until you get everything right. So they went in and they spied out the land. They said, yeah, it's exactly what, they, what he said it was, but we have a serious inferiority complex. But we're so filled with fear. And then he got so mad. God got mad. God got angry with them. Read Numbers chapter 14. It says that he was ready to kill them all and start over fresh with Moses, and Moses had to walk him back from that. Moses had to say, wait now, you, you can't go do this. The, the Philistine, all these other countries that said you, that, that, that they, they think you're this great deliverer of God, if you squash them all, we're done. So anyway, but the point was, can you imagine God? He did 10 miracles, 10 things in Egypt, parted the Red Sea, led them through the wilderness for 40 years with provision, did everything that he could possibly do, did everything that he could possibly do for you already, and still you go in and say, we can't do it. Do you, you, see, it comes down to, do you trust him? Yeah. Because if you, if you know him, you'll trust him. If you don't know him, you won't trust him. I had a young guy come up to me last week. He's thinking about going to Bible school, and he said, I don't really know the love of God like you were talking. I said, my Bible tells me that he that loveth not knoweth not God. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It means you can know, you can know him and not, not walk in love. You can know about him and not walk in love. You can be born again and not walk in love. But when you get to know him, God is love. He's your father. Maybe you never had a good one. Maybe that's the problem. But this one is perfect. But ye beloved. 
Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. So we're going to read here. Matthew chapter 6. Good. Pray like this. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it was in heaven. We acknowledge you are our provider of all that we need each day. Well, then you can't pull up to the pumps and grumble. You can't go into the supermarket and, you know, and, and complain about the price. of You can't, you, you can't do it. You, you, matter of fact, the Bible says that he heard them. In Numbers chapter 14, it says that he heard them murmuring in their tents. And I remember one time when I was, you know, for a while there, I was starting to hear people myself. As a pastor, I began to hear people, what they were talking about at home, and I had to ask God to take it away from me. I didn't want to know. <laughs> God, please, I, I don't want this discernment happening in my life because it's, it's almost like being on Facebook. <laughs> right? Okay, so uh, where are we going to go now? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. We pray this every day. Verse 10, it says, uh, that he wants to, sh to make known unto the principalities and powers that his manifold wisdom by th but through the agent of the church. He wants the spirit realm to look at you and see God's wisdom. Yeah. Come on, you're it. He wants to feature you. He wants to favor you. He said, to the intent that now and to the principalities and powers might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, and in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. And then he said, this is the reason I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord, <laughs> the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. You're part of the family. Amen. <laughs> that he would grant unto you by his spirit to be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. And again, it's katoikisi. It means to make himself at home. That when you exercise your faith, he comes and feels at home with you. And when he starts feeling at home with you, he starts throwing out your old furniture. He doesn't want any of that old junk in there. And so it's a process. He keeps kicking these things to the curb. I said, I don't want to let go of that. I've had that for years. No, let it go. There's something better in the wings. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a purge. We call it spring cleaning. Yeah. That Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith. That you'd be rooted and grounded how? That you'd have your roots in the love that God has for you. See, that's the, root, that's the root that he talks about in Psalm 1, that you'd be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth your fruit in a season. And you're not, you're not producing the fruit, you're bearing the fruit. You can't produce any fruit on your own. You can grunt and sweat and do all that, but it's not going to happen. I know it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but you need to read the next verse. For it is him, both in you and to, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the one that does the work. You're the believer. You're not the doer. Yeah. 
I said, you're the believer. Hallelujah. He's the performer. So no, come on, that's what Abraham was talking about in Romans 4. He said, I believed, I became fully persuaded, that's faith, that what he had promised, he was able to perform. What he promised, I wasn't able to perform. He said, I tried it and produced an Ishmael. Trying to do it on your own, you get Ishmaels. Now, I'll tell you about the problem with Ishmaels is you got to feed them. Anyway, so praise the Lord. So, so he said that you'd be rooted and grounded. Well, when you think about grounded, I think about the foundation of apostles and prophets, but also think about Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Your life is being built on him, right? In him we live. In him we move, in him we have our being. That you'd be able to comprehend with all the saints the multidimensional love of God, the width, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Why? So that you could be, listen to this, this is his desire for you, that you'd be filled with the fullness of God. That you can be just like Jesus when they were going to throw him off the cliff. The Bible says he passed through their midst. Because when you're walking in the will of God, you're untouchable. You really are. When you're walking in peace, the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost, it doesn't mean that things won't happen to you. It rains on the just and on the unjust. It means that all of these things are working for you and not against you. Amen? So he said that you'd be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints the width, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the life of Christ that passes knowledge to be filled with the fullness of God. Now on to him. That's powerful to do. Not unto me. <laughs> unto him. That's powerful to do. Exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. May he get power in the glory in the church throughout all ages, world without end, all men. But he said, there's a power working on the inside of me. It's not me working on the outside. It's him on the inside working on the outside, not me on the outside working on the inside. Come on, you got to get this. Yeah. Would it be okay if I read my version of this? Okay. Because I, you know, I went through some Bible translations. Some of you like um, the Amplified. I'm not all that fond of it because it does too much work for you. I like going myself and checking out so that God can speak to me personally. So in Ephesians 1, or Ephesians 3, rather, verses 14 and 15, this is, this is I, I guess maybe we could call this the Gary Hoover paraphrase, okay? But, I, but again, I can't take credit for it. I haven't had an original thought in my whole life. For this reason, I bow in prayer because I don't want you to become discouraged. As he has stamped his image on you, he is, he is your father and you are his family in heaven and on earth. May he give you an infusion of his strength by his spirit ruling in your inner life. I pray that your trust will enable him to settle down in you and establish a residence in your hearts. Well, that's good. I pray that your trust, in other words, your faith, your trust in him will enable him to settle down in you 
and establish a residence in your hearts, and that you, being rooted and grounded in his love, pray that you'll all, you and all of God's people will have the strength to grasp the multidimensional love of God, the strength to grasp it, multidimensional love. It'll reach to the lowest hell. Read David's Psalm 139. He said, if I made my bed in hell, you'd be there. He said, where can I go from your presence? And the answer is nowhere. But David also said, you know, I just want to praise you, Lord, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He didn't say I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too big, I'm too short. He didn't say any of that. He recognized that the older man wasn't what, we, what he was talking about. He said, I just want to thank you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. How precious are your thoughts toward me, O Lord. How precious are your thoughts toward me, O Lord. If I was to number them, this is what he said. If I was to number them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. He didn't say at Conrad's Beach or Queensland Beach. He said the grains of sand. So don't come and t try to tell me that somebody doesn't love you. I mean, some people in the world might not like you, but I, I know one person that will never leave you, that will never fail you, that will never forsake you. The love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of God shed abroad in your heart. Amen. He said that you, knowing the... Okay, verse 19 again. To know the love of Christ, which is beyond your knowing, that his fullness will overflow you. Verse 18 calls it multidimensional love. Verse 19 says, to know the love of Christ, which is beyond your human knowledge, that his fullness will overflow you. I like verse 20. Experience in love like this, may you be overwhelmed with the awareness of the presence of God. May his presence overwhelm you. No, you, please get this today. Get the Father today. You know, we've all been orphaned. I mean, Satan was orphaned. He got kicked out of heaven because he was exalting himself. And then he came down and he got Adam and Eve kicked out of their place because they exalted themselves. They were going to do, I did it my way. Oh, yeah, well, your way's the highway. Sorry. But, but, oh, but the whole thing from, from Genesis right to when Jesus came was, he said, I came to restore you back to glory. I came to put you back to the place that Adam lost. I came to get you into sonship. I'm the firstborn among many brethren. He said, you're always my children, but in Romans 8, 14, he says, but when you learn how to be led by my spirit, you become a son. And then in John 6, 63, he said, the words that I speak unto you, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The li let the light in. When the light comes in, the darkness goes out. The strongholds that the de devil built there, they'll melt away. They'll melt away as you meditate the love of God. Yeah. And again, the stronghold is a house filled with words that the devil uses to control your life. He's planted thoughts in there over the years, and it becomes so strong that he moves in. 
so that every time God tries to move in your life, those negative thoughts come up and stop what God's trying to do. What he's trying to do is restore sonship. The captain of our salvation, made perfect through suffering, came to restore many sons back to glory. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's true, Romans 3.23. But I'm so glad I read the next verse that one day in, at church. I'd never heard the next verse in church, but I read it for myself. Being justified freely by his grace, freely. Amen. Doreen, without cause, without con condition. Being justified freely. Didn't cost me anything, cost him everything. And again, I get the easy job. All I have to do is believe. So verse 20 again, experiencing love like this, may you be overwhelmed with the awareness of the presence of God in your life. What did he want to restore many sons back to glory? What he's saying is, I long to spend time with you. I lost that with Adam. I couldn't touch him. I couldn't hug him. Matter of fact, read about Yuzah when he tried to steady the Ark of the Covenant, and the Bible says the power of God killed him. No, no, a sinner couldn't come in contact with a living God until the price was paid at Calvary. And so when he touched the glory, the glory got him. God didn't kill him. Anyway, so the only one time I can read about God wanting to kill them, again, was after 40 years in the wilderness, and he finally got them to the promised land. He's saying, you know, he's saying, you're living here amongst your enemies, but make your enemies your friends, pray for your enemies, and expect God to move, doesn't matter what the circumstances are. What about the economy? What about it? My economy is the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just. My economy is Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all your needs according to, not out of, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not out of. Out of my wallet, I could give you $200. But if, if, it, was, if it was according to, I'd have to empty my bank account. Yeah, so, so there's a big difference. Okay, where are we going to go now? I hope this is helping you. Get, you. We need to get this today, people. Yeah. Romans 8, 15. We just quoted verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15. You have not received the spirit of slavery or bondage again to live in fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Papa God, it says, I think, in the French Bible, Father, Father, Abba is Father, Father, Father. Kind of reminds me of what Elisha said, Father, Father. The horsemen and the chariots thereof, Father, Father. But verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Verse 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and what, what does that mean, joint heirs with Christ? Well, I'm a joint heir with Nancy. Everything I have belongs to her and some of the stuff she has. No. All the stuff. <laughs> Everything that she has, we have a joint account. 
We don't have separate accounts. If you've got separate accounts, you need to get yourself straightened out right now. Covenant means two become one. See, <laughs> covenant is a covenant, and not only that, covenant's not breakable. You, you can't, th this, is, this is a book of covenants, and they're not breakable. God will never break them. I often wonder why years ago, I, because when I was a kid growing up, we watched cowboy westerns on TV. It was a long time ago. I say that was a long time ago. <laughs> but I often wondered why the Native Americans, can I call them, we called them Indians back then. It wasn't offensive, and I don't mean to be offended right now. I don't mean to offend anybody right now. I just think political correctness has gone nuts. You know. But anyway, they would, they would attack wagon trains with bows and arrows. And I'm thinking, how stupid is that? But they understood covenant. And their, their idea was the white man speaks with a forked tongue. They made covenants. They entered into one covenant after another covenant with, with the white man, and the white man broke every one of them. But they can't live like that. They couldn't live with a broken covenant, so they would rather die than live in a broken covenant. And that's what we need to be like, too. You know, Let's live a life of honor. Doesn't the Bible say, I think that's Ephesians 6, 1, honor your father and your mother. So you, it's the first commandment with promise, so that you can live long on the earth. You wonder why some people die young? It wasn't because God took them home. It's because they lived a life of dishonor, didn't honor their parents. And that doesn't mean honor them because they're good or bad. Honor them means... You honor their position. It's like we don't honor Justin Trudeau, but we must honor his position so that our prayers will not be hindered. Okay. So, okay, now we're back here in verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ... If so be that we suffer with him, we may be also glorified together. Okay, now we'll read the Hooper paraphrase. Because the spirit you have received is not a spirit of rules, creating slavery and fear. Because the spirit you have received is not a spirit of rules, It's not about rules. You've got two rules. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength so that you can do the next one. Love your neighbor and yourself. See, if you don't get the first one, you can't do the rest. But if you can get the first one, how do I get to love God? I must get to know him. How did I get to love Nancy? I got to know her. It started out with infatuation. But now for 35 years, it's not that way anymore. Serious business now. Yeah, she's laughing because she knows it's true. So, not a, not a spirit of rules creating slavery again to fear. No, you have received the spirit of sonship, which means that you can call God Father, my dear Father. Father, my dear Father. Y'all just need to, you know, don't make prayer, don't make prayer some. I'm going to go pray. No, I'm going to go talk to my father. Not only am I going to talk to him, but he's going to answer me. 
I read Psalm 27. I'll talk to him and he'll give me answers. Hallelujah. And the longer I talk to him, the more he'll want me to hang around. I get to hang around with the creator of the universe. He wants to talk to me. He's saying, hey, before you start your day, trust in me with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all of your ways and I promise you, I'll direct your steps. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It's health to your flesh. It's marrow to your bones. And then honor me, he said, with your substance, with the first fruits of all of your increase. So tithing is about honor. Offerings are about honor. Not about, it's not about getting your money. You really think the created universe needs your, your toonies? No, he said, if you'll plant the seed, water it. I'll bring increase. I want to increase you more and more, you and your children. My mind is on increase. I want your mind to be on increase. I didn't make you to just be satisfied with the status quo. When you get so far, he said, I put it in you that you'd always be stretching for more, always reaching for more. That doesn't mean you're not satisfied, but you know that your full potential has to be reached. There's there's so much potential in people that that, that you know, the graveyard's filled with lost and broken dreams because people just got comfortable in the wilderness instead of going into the exceeding great and precious promises and partaking of divine nature and escaping the corruption that's in the world through lust. That's our new covenant promised land, exceeding great and precious promises and partake of his divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. I mean, even the book of Exodus, the word Exodus, uh, Otis's road in Echis, Exit. He said, I want to show you the way out of your mess. I want to take you into the promised land. He said, it's a land overflowing with milk and honey. They said, well, we, we'd like to go spy it out first. Don't spy it out first. Take him at his word. Believe it. Well, I don't see it. Well, you know, how many of you know faith? Believing it and seeing it, or you, we, we see it and believe it. No, he said, if you'll believe it, you'll see it. If you'll believe my exceeding great and precious promise, you will see them. Learn how to trust me, he said. How do I do that? He said, well, he told us in Romans 12, 1, Submit your body unto me, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto you as a reasonable service. He said, I was a dead sacrifice. I want you to give me you as a living sacrifice. What should I do, Lord? He said, don't be conformed to this world or informed by social media, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds by the word of God so that you can prove what is that good what is that acceptable? What is the perfect will of God for your life? How you, how you submit yourself to God today is by studying his word. No, we want to talk. Oh, God, give me a word from heaven. Well, I got 66 volumes here. Which one would you like? Oh, prophesy over me. There's a lot of prof prophetic word in here too. I know we all like a word from heaven, a specific word, but you can get more than that anytime you open up your Bible. So, okay. So I can call God Father, my dear Father. By uniting with our own spirit, his spirit confirms that we are his children. And as God's children, we are his heirs and fellow heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He said, listen, you didn't get that old master-slavery relationship based on fear. Instead, you got a father-son relationship where you're entitled to call God your father. The Spirit himself sings out with our spirit that we are God's children. Come on, my Bible says that he rejoices over us with singing. You're an excitable bunch. I can see that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Pray like this. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of each and every need, each and every day. So, that tells me that I cannot, I can't not let ants live in my life. Automatic, negative thoughts. Ants. Don't let ants infest your head. Because the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds, casting down the imaginations, those evil imaginations, and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the book, anything that comes contrary to the book, and bring my thought life into captivity to what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about you? We just read that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. We just read that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.